Hello, everyone. It's episode 34 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Josh. How are you, mate? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Yeah, mate, Josh is a very, very special guest. Josh is a CEO of a, of a seven-figure online fitness business. Today, we're going to discuss Josh's journey from where he started to where he is now. Cue the intro, and we'll be back in a second. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast, a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch, and along with Jamie, we are your hosts, and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode, and we will speak with you soon. Josh, and we're back, mate. Hey, mate. Mate, it's not every day you talk to a seven-figure CEO of a fitness business. So, Josh, I start the podcast with this question for every single person. If I met you at a party and I said, what do you do? What would your response be to that answer? This is always – this is funny how many times this question comes up and how the uh, industry asks you to come down with something really specific of how you uh, help guys or help somebody. And the funny thing is I always ask somebody else, I'm like, cool, have you ever – woken up in the morning and you're just wondering the fuck am I doing with my life I call it the ship the ship is going all right but it's like why have I not got the things that I really really want why am I not passionate about my day how come my relationships falling apart you know why is there suddenly this beer belly that's appeared on my you know on my lower abdomen and all these things that I'm like have you had that feeling before and they're like yeah man I've had that feeling before that's what we do well Josh is the CEO of JCF Coaching soon to be branding the Uncommon Man Project, and they specialize in high-performance men. Now, mate, I want to talk about the fitness business side of things first and then transition into actually coaching men. It's something that I've become really interested in, mate, because I've been coaching gym owners for over 12 months now, and I thought it was a marketing and sales issue when sometimes it's like a my, I hate the, I hate the M word, yeah. but I'll call it an energy issue. Right. And I think as we get through our 30s, even myself, man, I'm more tired today than I was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens, bro. It does happen. <laughs> well, mate, let's talk about the fit- fitness business side of things. So before we go ahead, I had James Kent, the former owner of JCF, on this podcast. Uh, James is a really, really good friend of mine, run one of the most successful online fitness businesses in the country for the last 10 years. And Josh is his CEO. So, Josh, tell me, how did you go from. I guess, not knowing James to being the CEO of a seven-figure company? Pretty classic story, to be honest. I was I was in education. So I trained in uh, teaching physical education and mathematics and, weirdly enough, Russian history. And then I went through my career there doing a lot of sports performance coaching. I had massive issues, lower back problems. So that was a huge problem for me. So I started researching about that, started fixing my own issues, moved into helping men sort out their problems with their backs. Obviously, a lot of mindset issues. I was dealing with a lot of uh, young sort of high-performing athletes at the time, like high school level, rugby, football, hockey, all that sort of stuff. And then I kind of got a little bit over the education system. I thought, you know what? I really want to do this full-time and help people out doing the things that I want to do. So I shifted over. And while I was doing that, I went into the online space, moved to Bali, 
wanted to travel the world, those sorts of things. Or had already lived in France for a couple of years, which was great. I was at a place called the Banana Leaf Bakery. Met okay. up with James. He was this massive dude at the time, 100 plus kilos. And he got Man, chatting. I met James at, online. I was one of his clients in 2017. Yeah. And we ended up meeting in person. And he was absolutely ginormous. Just a, just a <laughs> whole was. Yeah, um, so, so you, how did you get chatting to James? Did you, were you a client? Did you know of James? Did he know of you? How did that relationship form? Literally Bali, Banana Leaf Bakery. He really? asked, hey, mate, what do you do? Chatting. Yep. Just chatting away. And I was like, Hey man, I, I do this. And, uh, how coach me through, you know, at back then it was passion and purpose and out of pain. And he's like, how's that going? And I'm like, shit, to be honest, mate. Really shit. And he's like, oh, yeah, what, are you, what are you struggling with? And I was like, marketing, mate, marketing sales. He's like, oh, okay, cool. Do you want to come Do you want to come help me do some stuff and learn at the same time? And I was like, that's mate, are, you, are you more of a, a product person or sales and marketing person? Is your passion in the coaching area or is your passion in the sales and marketing? It's, it's, that's a real interesting question because it was always about coaching always about delivery and I, I just love that now i would have to say it's moved to a 50 50 split but more leaning towards sales and marketing because not to toot my own horn but i've done a lot of coaching and yeah. got to a place where i feel really confident and the the growth is still there but it's not as fast as learning something new like marketing sales was yeah, new to me a few years a, back it's a bell curve right Exactly, exactly. So I love, I love systems, mate. I love making efficiencies. I love finding out that like, there's a lot of coaching involved in the psychology of marketing. 100%. So it's super, super interesting to, to work on that front end and to be, to be learning again from, from the bottom. It's awesome. Yeah. It's a classic case of like the best coaches, the best products often don't have the best sales because you just neglect that side of the business. Yeah. And it's honestly the, the number one thing that even gym owners face today. They're amazing trainers, amazing coaches. They just don't care about the, the marketing sales until you get to a point when you realize that you can't deliver to no one. So you have to learn that side of the business. And I think the biggest thing for me, mate, uh, especially with sales, is like if you're a great coach, it is your moral obligation to become a great salesperson. If you truly believe that your your passion and purpose project is the best in the world, getting people out of out of pain. Yeah, mate, I I couldn't agree more. To be honest, I think the obligation is there, and I think one of the things about James Khan is he was both incredible. Like he started his coaching career obviously in the fitness space, very dedicated to bodybuilding. And then he built an incredible company, which then attracted sensational coaches that were pretty shit at marketing and sales. So it offered a really cool place and a very quick growth aspect for that because guys were like, fuck, I know I'm really good at coaching and that's yeah. what I want to do, but I just I can't be bothered with marketing sales. And James was the guy who did that and it, and it blew things up. So before you met James and you and it was the passion and passion and purpose project, is that correct? It was it was called Body IQ, but we focused on passion and purpose and out of pain. That was it. And what were you doing to, to market it at that point? Not putting your hand up saying you're a shit marketer. Like what were some of the things that you were trying? Oh, this is where I dropped all the my whole nest egg that I had. I had 30 grand saved up. I'm like, this is what I'm putting towards the business. And we're oh, wow. up and rolling. Yeah. And I was like, I went, mate. 
I went and worked on the auto rigs. I went and did everything to get as much cash as I could to start the business. And I was like, right. I signed up with a coach and a mentor, Facebook ads, marketing, videos on, uh, videos on Facebook, videos on YouTube, tried to develop an email list, all these things. And I think, I think about, it was about 17K. I think I dropped on old Mark Zuckerberg. I did not get one sale through Facebook. Oh, well, I want to really unpack that, mate. So you had a coach and obviously not, not naming names. Was it a positive experience? Was it a negative experience? And one question that's dear to my heart, had that coach built his own fitness business before? (laughs) 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 That right there is what has made that experience now a positive experience because I know who I'm looking for when I look for mentors. And I think that's one of the biggest things at the time and afterwards, terrible, like a really tough pill to swallow, watching cash go out the door and everything you built. And it caused a massive amount of stress in my relationship. I was no longer the financial provider, which made me deal with a whole lot of other things in my life, which were positive. But yeah, it really, it really crushed me. The guy, lovely guy. I think he genuinely wanted to help. I think just he was really good at marketing sales, like really good. And there was just a misalignment or a misunderstanding of what I needed at that stage in my career and what he could offer. And it just created a massive gap. I think I'm a pessimist by nature. And I signed up with four coaches and I was pretty direct. So like, have you fucking done this, mate? Like, have you done what I'm trying to done? And when I signed up with James, I wanted to be absolutely shredded than dice on my 30th birthday. I said, that guy's pretty shredded. I'll give him a call. Yeah. yeah. You just you can't help, but that guy just pulls you into it. Because of that, it's like, that's what I want. That's what I'm going to do. He's obviously done it. He lives that life. And it just makes so much sense. I think that is, there's a lot of coaches out there who, again, are really good and want to do right by people. But there is this, there's this gap in the market where everybody's a coach. We have no idea what, what is of value, how, you know, who's going to help us get to where we want to go. And I think, and especially in the fitness business, because it is easy to start, it really is. It's, yeah. it's affordable. You can create something awesome. But how do you find the right mentor? And then I look at the, we call it the self-looking ice cream, the business coaches who coach business coaches to coach business coaches. And it's like, well, I want to know, one of of our goals at the Uncommon Man Project is create the most awesome product we possibly can. It's already amazing. JCF has created something fucking phenomenal. And we want to carry that on. But it's like, in the future, how do we we have a business in a box for people knowing that they can go somewhere, that that person's done it, they've put in all the systems, they understood how it works, and they've actually done it themselves. And they can lead that. Because I think that's so important. I think when you go into a coaching program, I think there are going to be ups and downs in the first couple of months. And if you look to your coach and you know they've done what you want to do, like you, it's undeniable. It's i.e. James has been jacked for 20 years. I'm having a rough week on the scales. I don't feel good about myself. And he says, stay the course. He'd probably swear to. <laughs> <laughs> guarantee, uh, guarantee. But but when but then I can get I can get confidence and conviction that this guy's done it. He's saying stay the course. Fucking listen to him. But if I was getting advice from an overweight person who hadn't done it but was a textbook warrior, then I would lose confidence. I'm like this, this doesn't work. It's not possible. And I think just man, one of my one of my heroes, Alex Amosi, just one of the one of the, my favorite lines he's ever said is, 
before you coach someone, before you speak, you have to answer the question subconsciously. Why the fuck should I listen to you? Yeah. And mate, that, that is where that M word comes in for mindset. When you go into something, when you, when you are a coach, when you go into something yourself to be coached, like that mindset is, is massive. And sometimes, you know, there's that age old excuse. Did you turn up for yeah. the product? You know. So, mate, I'm a Facebook ads guy. 17K is a lot of money on ads, especially it was a few years ago. So in hindsight, working in JCF, understanding the, the lead magnet to the Facebook group, to the setter, to the call, what actually went wrong? I would have to say right at the start, I had no idea of the specifics of what I was helping people with. And I had no idea how to call that out for someone. Are you X, Y, Z? Are you having this problem? Have you tried this? Are you at this stage of life? Bam, here's the solution. And I think there you can go too extreme on that. You can, you know, at the moment, I think we're seeing a real big flow of as offers get more and more extreme. It's like, are you 32 years old? In triple figures with weight, um, I guarantee you in 30 days you'll lose this or I'll pay you $10,000. And it gets more and more extreme to these offers with that absolute irresistible. I blame my hero, Alex Hermosi, for that too. Yeah, exactly. And he's incredible. But everything's, you know, you got that pendulum swing to one end. And that's where I think um, authority, branding, trust is going to come and be one of the biggest things in the market going yeah. forward. One thing I like about James in particular, and I do it maybe a little bit more subtly, is if I'm helping gym owners and I have more members than them, I can say, shut the fuck up and listen to me. Like, my gyms are successful, yours aren't. And that's where the authority and trust, like sometimes you need to smack people around. And I don't, I don't, I don't like doing it. But if you haven't walked the walk and that level of confidence and conviction and trust and belief in the product, belief in the service isn't there, it's very hard to tell people what they want to hear, or what they need to hear, sorry. Yeah, it's dead true. Absolutely dead true. Couldn't agree more. So your your offer back in the day, it was was it busy men with back pain? Was it was it was it was it athletes that's was it athletes that hurt their back and no longer move like that? What what was it like in hindsight with all the experience? If you were to call that out today, what would it what would it be? Or was it just too hard? It was. This is this is the thing, Jack. You know I mean, like there was no offer. We were just throwing ads out there with hoping to catch engagement on something. It was called the hero's journey. And that was it. There was no there was no call out. There was nothing. And that was just completely, completely missed. The course, to be honest, like I was going through the course at the same time that now a company that's one of Australia's fastest growing companies, incredible company, went through the same course. And they killed it. Absolutely killed it. Really specific niche market offer. Nailed it. Yeah, I just had no idea what I was doing. It's just amazing just how much that niche actually matters. Like it can make or break a business and it just goes back to like, what is your offer? And can you articulate it? What is your elevator pitch? And if you can't say it in two minutes, then you've got no chance of pattern interrupting someone on Facebook and getting them to stop. Yeah. And we, even at JCF, because JCF went from weight loss, getting jacked and shredded, right? That was, that was us. That was our A game. We move far more into mindset, systems, relationships, nervous system. All those things are 
a, a, just such a huge gap between, hey, come here, lose weight, get jacked. And we charge a really reasonable price for the service that we get. Most business owners who guys come to us are like, fucking hell. I pay three times the amount for business coaching that I get from you guys. And I'm like, yeah, that's because we've blended out of health and fitness into literally performance coaching around those three areas of life, of wealth, relationships, health. And then we've added purpose and spirituality there as well, which makes coaching more fun, but it makes marketing really hard. Yeah. So I guess when you're marketing, it's more like, like the hooks are around, are you tired? Are you lacking energy? Are you lacking focus? Are you not sleeping well at night? Are you carrying more weight around the belly? Like it's just, I guess, problems that all men face. Yeah. But just like, as opposed to, are you a man over the age of 50 who wants to like, yeah. yeah. And I guess, I guess that's where the Facebook group was really great, right? Because you do get people in there, then there'd be amazing content, amazing content. Like th these guys know what they're talking about. Yeah. And they, they get stacked. It's like a fire hose in there. <laughs> just, you yeah. know, you just You've got five coaches putting information out, giving guys tools every single day. It's, it's a lot, but it, it's, we love it. One thing I really respect about James and really admire actually is he's an amazing speaker. And on his Facebook's lives, he can talk for 25 minutes straight. There's no um, there's no but, there's no curt, there's no break in the words. And it goes back to, once again, like the conviction and congruency. Like I truly believe I can sit in a room with Alex Omosi and talk about gym marketing. But if I was talking about systems, I would be just hopeless. I'd be, I also, I've noticed something too. When I actually record content, Josh, if it's something that I'm really confident about, one take. If I'm not, 100 takes. Amazing, eh? The difference. And something you enjoy as well. Something you yeah. really enjoy. It just flows off the tongue. So easy. I don't care about writing job descriptions. <laughs> it's not, 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 my, not my area of expertise. No. Yeah. No. So, mate, you went, um, you went from having your own coaching business, struggle with sales and marketing into just coaching right where sales and marketing was it effectively removed from you or was there still an element of doing some sales and marketing that's that's an interesting thing so i went into so when i met james started doing his marketing basically it wasn't cold outreach it was dealing with a lot of people on a seven day like detox program doing a lot of that i think we sold one person out of about six or seven facebook group things that we ran it was it was mind numbing and then yeah. as that time went on um, James kept sending me clients that he wanted me to coach. So I just dealt with those guys. And then about three years ago, came back and he's like, do you want to jump in full time? I need a mentor to come in here and do this. I didn't start mentoring. He's like, actually, can you come in and run our setting space? And so okay. I started as a setter, came in, did all the setting of appointments, crushed it. Absolutely just smashed it. You're in, like, man, you're a sales marketer after all. Yeah. So I walked in there. James and I worked on the script. We're like, cool. And it's, again, psychology. You're working on how does that work for guys. Went at the time, James is really, really good on the vision. I was really, really exceptional on detail, systems, and everything that was in place afterwards. So I came in, saw that the sales team needed tweaking. I tweaked up everything from setting to systems to calendars. And then that's when we really started to punch our growth. Can I back up for a second, mate? So your issue in your business was the offer sucked you weren't generating leads, but once you had leads to nurture, from what I'm hearing, you're great at booking appointments, great at selling, because selling is fucking coaching. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely killed it. And it, it, it was beneficial. I had James. He had certainty in me. He's like, dude, just take sales calls. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you'll be fine. And I think I'd take the odd sale call here and there because we had a main time closer, but I was, I was closing a ridiculous, <laughs> a ridiculously high percentage just because of that coaching experience. You had a little bit of a script to go off. Um, we use NEPQ. We love that. It's a, it's a very coachy kind of script. Same, um, mate. We use the same script for our gyms. Yeah. It's yeah. just getting people out of their own way. And I, it really takes away that fear I think people have about sales, about being salesy, because it really isn't salesy. It's literally, I'm just going to be a mirror for you and rebound, and you can deal with anything that's on your side of the fence. And NEPQ, Neural Emotional Persuasion and Questioning, I actually think that 90% of it's logic. <laughs> like it, that's why that's why I love the script. It's just like situation. Like, what have you tried previously? Why hasn't it worked? Don't shit on stuff. Let them shit on their own stuff. Why is it important to you? What happens if you do? What happens if you don't? And the pitch. Like it's just yeah. it, it it is a logical sale. Like for, for, maybe I'm maybe it's my belief, but I just like if you logically take someone through a process and they uncover I cannot do it on my own, like there's only one option left. And it's as long as as long as they can logistically afford your program and they've been in your Facebook group, they've watched the videos, they've watched the funnels, why wouldn't they buy? We have a, yeah. It's really funny you mentioned that because we have a call. We always say in our relationship chats, like, right, if you want to probe your wife more, ask more probing questions. And I think NEPQ should be taught as a communi communication technique, not just a sales technique because it's fantastic. Man, I, 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 run, I, run, I run the script on Ellen all the time. <laughs> It's just perfect. Yeah. It's also great to hold a mirror up to yourself and run the script on yourself. Like if you have a savings goal, if you have a health goal, if you have a relationship goals, if you ask yourself those questions and no tone required because you like you know what you're doing. Like, like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get to the bottom of it. It's yeah. you know, ask the guys, some people ask why why have a coach? And I'm like, dude, if you can't ask yourself great, high quality powerful and confronting questions you're going to continue down the exact same path of life right now and that goes for anybody any stage of life what i find really interesting in the coaching space and it, 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 i talked about it um just recently is like set points people do really well in coaching who are doing you know they're doing great their business is increasing their relationship everything's going really well and then they decide to step out of it that has been one of the most confusing things for me in coaching ever because I'm. it's the same thing with like, I'm losing weight. I've put all these habits in place, doing really well. It's the infinite game, right? They're playing yeah. a finite game. They achieve X, Y, Z, and they think they maintain it forever. Yeah. Man, like you can spend six months working in a relationship and ruin it in a week. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just classic. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. So, mate, in regards to the majority of our audience are fitness business owners, right? We've got a few, we've got 60 gyms that we work with, lots of online coaches. And I love to talk about the setting process in particular because it's something that people don't even know what that word means. So, Josh, can you kind of describe what, what the funnel actually was at JCF from awareness, Facebook group, setting, sales call? Cool. So, we use for an awareness thing you basically had your value adds which are really simple it's like hey i'm james Kant. here's some piece of value you see his face I, I think every australian would have seen his face at least a dozen times the amount of times with amount of marketing we've done in australia then it was like cool i trust this guy there's either a call to action to download something join a mini chat flow which worked really well for a while as well or join the group the group is still 
the thing that we do the most, come into the group. Because once you're there, we can capture your attention. The conversations are easy. There are some problems in there, but I'll, I'll leave that aside for now. But once you're in, everything should lead to a conversation. Everything's got to have a conversation. So it's like, cool. We get them into DM and we start having a conversation with them. One of the really important things, well, there's a few inside the conversation, was we had a unique we had a unique tool. We call it the unfair advantage of the hierarchy of health. It's unique to every other fitness professional. So that was something that was really important because whenever we go through a problem with somebody, what's going on, heartfelt emotion, actually connecting with that person rather than just following the script. Like we're talking dudes here who are committed to tried to commit suicide. You know, businesses are failing, divorce, can't have the kids, like massive amounts of stress and pain for these guys. So you're actually having a conversation. Some of them you may not be able to help from a financial point of view, but we made sure we had resources that would. So I wasn't just talking to somebody and be like, oh, he's not going to be able to afford it. So flag talking to him. It's like, no, dude, here's one of our 10 resources. Please go and do this. I'll follow up with you in a week just to see that you've installed them. I can, so hear, I can hear it in your tone, mate, just even talking about helping men. It just fires you up inside. Yeah. People come into that group for, for a lead magnet and all of a sudden they're telling you, I haven't had sex with my wife for six months and she's going to take the kids. Yeah. Man, that's, that's, that's tough. Yeah. And dude, like this thing, like this is a massive belief we share at a company. It's like in order to have stronger communities, like, we have to have stronger men. Like we, we have to. And that is like, that is our mission. And fuck, dude, I'm, I am super passionate about that. And that's why it is so important. That is why what James built is, is so important that it carries on and then it gets bigger. What is a strong man? A good point. A strong man is someone who can look in the mirror, see what they need to change, understand the truth. This is the most important piece. Everybody wants to know where they want to go. Nobody is prepared to have a look at where they are right now. And that, it, that, takes, that takes guts and that takes balls because they might be like, I'm cheating on my wife. I'm fucking, I'm useless as a dad. I'm always yelling at my kids. I'm not providing like I said I am. When I go to work, I'm sitting on Facebook, you know, when I should be driving for that second business or that up level that we said we need in order to provide for the family financially. It doesn't mean that a man has to be a provider financially. It just means that you're looking at the truth factor. Am I looking after my health? Am I even going to make it past 60 to be here for my family? Like All these things that people aren't prepared to look in the mirror at and have a look at, once you can do that, you're halfway there to, well, I'd say you're three quarters of the way there to a strong man. Now you've got to find out where you want to go. That, that asking yourself the tough question, I think I love Jordan Peterson. I'm sure a high performance men coaches do. So it's probably not one of my favorite quotes. Like what, what's one thing that I would change that I should change that I could change. And if you ask yourself that question, like you probably know that you shouldn't be cheating on your wife. You probably know that you should be, doing your work, like just, it's so obvious, but it's just, if you ask yourself that question and you don't like the answer you get back, you just, it leads to avoidance. Yeah. And then it's just, we, you know, we call it the, we call it feeding the inner bitch. You just feed it lies all the time. You know, you give yourself a promise and then you break it. So the inner bitch just gets a bit stronger, a bit stronger, a bit stronger. So every day it's like, oh, I said I was going to drink my water today. I said I was going to take the dog for a walk. I said I was going to make the bed. I said I was going to empty the dishwasher. I said I was going to pick up the kids. And you just, every time these promises break, it's why men end up being in the place where they're like, 
fuck it, hung as a sheep, hung as a lamb. You know, might as well cheat on the wife. Like, I've already fucked up so many other things. Like I've broken so many other promises. What does it matter anymore? So when you say the world needs strong men, and then men are being tons- constantly told toxic masculinity, <laughs> what is your what is your response to that? Because I I I I I am far right i am very conservative and i also believe the world needs strong men i'm not sure exactly what that term means but man like it is instinctual it is part of our human nature to take care of people that we love and i just don't think we can beat that out of men no i think if i if i have a visual for a strong man imagine a flagpole that you can just hang a whole bunch of stuff off but the the flagpole doesn't ask for any recognition for that it doesn't ask for things to be hung off. It doesn't ask for things not to be hung off. It, it just stands there like a pillar and it's there to be lent on and it's always there. It doesn't mean that flagpole doesn't hang around with a bunch of other ones and need help occasionally and all that sort of stuff. It's just there. We call it the – often I ask people say, oh, male, uh, masculine, to- toxic masculinity, and I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, you know, men. I'm like, masculinity's got nothing to do with being a man. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, you could say a man's feminine. What do you think that means? And they're like, female traits. Well, I'm like, that's not the case either. Uh, They're just two different entities of the same thing. To be masculine is to logic and action. To have feminine is to bring in wisdom and knowledge. To be, I think what people mean by toxicity, I think it's an assumption, but it's this idea that we don't have the wisdom we don't go in for intuition to then create action from people blame like this is really interesting i find this quite an interesting idea people like capitalism men are just out there for more 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 is distorted feminine to want more to bring it in to bring more and more and more stuff in is that's feminine you've got to imagine the feminine is to bring in to go inside to pull more in that is and to go out and do that, the action taken is masculine. But so, the like, flag, so the flagpole that you hang things on that gets no recognition and you just support everyone around you, it's David Goggins. Who's going to carry the boats? Exactly. So that's Who's when you need boat? other men. You've got to have strong men. You've got to have other people around you. It's not that we shouldn't recognize them. It's that men shouldn't be running around asking for that recognition. I didn't ask you to provide for this family. You are doing that out of choice and you feel good doing it. Recognize that you feel good doing it. And I'm also happy to say, you know what? Thank you very much. I fucking love it when you support the family. So when you have other strong men around you, i.e. a coach or i.e. a community of men or, or women, how have you found that that helps the flagpole? How have you found that helps the man that has to carry the boats? Fuck, dude. Dude, it's – I don't even know how to put it into words. It is so extreme and so rapid and so powerful that I don't think men understand it because I don't think we've got enough of it. So for our guys, any coach who who has ever joined or any member who has ever joined JCF has always had a coach, somebody to mentor them. But you are continually pushed in a position of radical responsibility and growth. And people think setting goals is important. I reckon that's like a hundredth of what you need. What you really need, have a team. If you're a man, have a team of men around you, like the warrior who turns up and goes, hey, Jamie, 
I'm going to challenge you today because not only do I want you to get better, I want to get better. And you said you want this in your life and this is what it's going to take and I'm going to hold you accountable to that and I'm going to challenge you every single day. Not here to kill you, here to make you better. And when you fuck up, I'm going to support you and catch you as well. And that, nobody, I don't think anybody understands that apart from the guys who are already in those communities. Well, the man in the mirror can lie to themselves day in and day out and you get so fucking good at it. You do, man. You do. You do. If you have the external coach saying, hey, like we said X, Y, Z, you did X, you didn't do Y and Z, like like what happened? And are you going to change it today? And what happens if you don't change it for 10 days straight? And I think one of the, one of the things that we do is we overcomplicate things. When I was, I trained under a guy, Paul Chick. I don't know if you know who that is. Phenomenal um, dude phenomenal level of intelligence and and the systems are amazing but it's very complicated jcf is very simple and the thing that people need the most is accountability simple you can lie to yourself but lying to somebody else hurts it's tough this does my head in that people don't understand just the importance of accountability because it's literally like we we work with predominantly group gym owners we charge 50 a week for membership we all know that walking out in the sun is probably just as good as lifting weights three times a week. So what are they actually fucking paying for? They're not paying for the equipment. They are paying for someone to say, Hey, I didn't see you yesterday. Let's get your butt back in the gym. That's it. It's so easy. People just don't get it. And they think because it seems so easy, people don't want to pay for it. (laughs) Yeah. Cause they, 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 man, like if, all the good things, like, what, ah, oh, man, like, everyone knows calorie deficit. Everyone understands. Eat less, move more. Every single person on earth understands that. But it's just because it's a simple concept doesn't mean it's simple to execute. And I think that's where the confusion lies, Josh. Simple, sim- simple to conceptualize, but yeah. hard to execute. And every day they're going to execute. They're going to execute. And before you know it, it's three, five, ten years have passed. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's an age thing. I certainly have noticed in, in my life as I've got older, you know, when you were 18, it was like, oh, man, I've got six weeks to get the beach body. I'm like, six weeks? I'm like, why don't you start looking at the body that you want when you're 24? Like, that's a phenomenal change. You know, I aim for races and things that are a year away. I aim for a body type that I want when I'm 40. All these things change, and I'm like, and now I know what I need to do to get there. And I have so many people around me, multiple coaches. I have my team. Like it's just, it's unstoppable once you're on it. How have you found, so that the, the man that's lying to themselves, the man that's doing the wrong thing, they know they're doing the wrong thing. How much do you believe is comprised of their physical health in terms of they're not sleeping well, they're eating shit, they're overweight. It's almost like they're hungover every single day of their life. So a man comes in, they're doing all of these things. What is the first thing that you guys, obviously it's a customized approach, but like the hierarchy of health, what is the overarching theme of the hierarchy of health? Cool. We start, we chill them the fuck out. And that starts with water and breath. It's that simple. Like chill them out. You imagine the inflammatory foods we eat, your body's all one unit. It's in your brain, it's in your gut, it's everywhere. We put water on a fire. And we start with that. And guys are blown away, absolutely blown away by how much changes. Then breath work. We lower them into the parasympathetic. 
most guys don't understand what is going in the, in the fight, flu, freeze, you know, fight, flight or freeze response. That's where they're sitting. They have no awareness because they have literally spent their entire life hungover. And that, that is the simple secret. That is the big secret source. The breath work is really interesting, mate. And I'll just speak on my experience. So I've had a few operations. Mm-hmm. So I've got a few just chronic pain here and there, bad knee, uh, bad left hip, bad, just from AFL, right? And if I'm stressed out, if I have a bad day, the pain flares up. And like, what is pain? Like when, when people say they have a good day or a bad day with pain, well, what happened that day? So the idea of, correct me if I'm wrong, but getting into the parasympathetic state is just, does that calm the mind? It just stops it from racing? Like what, what does that actually actually mean? Well, think of it from an idea of being chased by a tiger. You need to elevate your heart rate. You need adrenaline because you've got to get going, right? Everything else shuts down. Immunity shuts down. Logic shuts down. Like deep breaths, shut down. Digestive system, shuts down. Everything shuts down. It's turned off. How do you manage a life where you're always being chased by a lion? Always. And you feel as though the majority of men coming to your program are always in that sympathetic state and are always, that's why they react. That's why they blow up. They lose their temper. Yeah. Anger with the wives, anger with the kids. That makes it worse. Their boss is on the case or financially stressed at work in their business. There's so many things these days where we just pile. We pile and pile and pile it on. And that's just the external stuff. 90% of people have a reverse breathing pattern. 90%. What does that's that mean? mental. So do you, have a, do you have kids of your own? I don't know. Okay, cool. Anybody who has a child, they'll understand this. When they lay down in a cot, you'll notice that the stomach rises as they breathe in and then goes down as they breathe out. What happens is when it rises as you get older, your stomach will rise, then your lungs will, then your chest rises, and then back in reverse. What happens with most people is they breathe like this. <laughs> so you've got all your secondary breathing muscles that sling down through your traps over and holding up your lungs and using those all the time. The tension creates stiffness through the neck and again just drives you into the sympathetic state where if you change to a normal breathing pattern, where you breathe into your stomach, everything starts to switch around and you go into this relaxed, calm state. One of the cheapest pieces of gym equipment I used to give all my guys was a piece of string. And I got them to wear it under their shirt, around their belly button, tie it in. So it was like that if they'd breathed out, that their stomach would be small. I'd get them to tie it and then I'd get them to breathe in while they're at work and they'd feel the pinch of the string. So I'd want them to feel that and then breathe back out again. So it's that positive response. They feel the string, they're breathing correctly. That's it. As opposed to doing breath work and just being hydrated, the basics, what do people turn towards to achieve the parasympathetic state through things they shouldn't be doing? So in terms of like eliminating things? So for example, someone's in a sympathetic state, they're stressed out, they hate life, they drink, they do drugs. Is it porn? Like, like what, what are those What are those five things that oh. men will try and do or, or 10 things? Or how long is a piece of string, right? Like, yeah. what do you see the most common things that, that men or women will do to try, and, to try and remove some of that pain or trying to remove them from that state without doing it the correct way? 
yeah that it you're looking at a champagne bottle that continually gets shaken until the cork just pops off and the cork that pops off the behavior in men is anger that's a relief strategy porn masturbation relief strategy those are our two top ones that we watch our guys go through like it or then it goes to this is a really interesting one cocaine use even though cocaine's an upper it numbs the mind and just blur and blocks everything else out so it becomes a stress relief which is really odd because it's something that's really like you're on up you you're bringing yourself up more and more but actually because of that you can't take in so much information you become more not not more focused because you don't actually become more productive, but it numbs your mind from taking all these other things and almost to a point of overwhelm where you just go, fuck it, you know, whatever. And that's it. That's drinking too, right? Like you just forget about life. You forget yep. about all your problems. Yeah. They're all gone. Easy. Yeah. So then someone goes down that path. They're doing, they're drinking, doing cocaine, watching tons of porn. Where have you seen that got to? Like, like oh. when that when that cork blows, like what like what are some of those negative negative things you've seen? It's nearly always divorce if they've got a relationship. Then that's like men men don't understand that women don't want another child in their life. Most of them are at that stage of their life and they're in that place that their wives, their partners just feel like, fuck, why do I have to deal with this other child, this man child? I always call it a child walking around in an adult's body. That's the biggest issue. Relationships are number one. People so don't want to lose those. As a coach, when you when you speak with so so called successful men, materially successful, how do you say that, man, you're a fucking child? Like, how do you how do you have that conversation with them, and like, how do you respond to that? Almost like that. It's what they pay me for, right? It's like, right? Can you see right now? that your wife feels like she has another child in the house that she's got to continually look after and manage. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. How's that going for you? And they just, again, they solve the solution themselves. They can see all these things happening. It just takes a mirror to be held up and be like, this is what's going on for you, dude. And here's your consequences. What do you think is going to happen? Where do you think this is going to go? The, the scary thing is, is lots of people have tried things, counseling rehab centers, therapy, all these things, but a majority of them don't look at the body as a holistic thing. They look at one aspect of it. People think they get addicted to cocaine or outbursts of anger because their nervous system is jacked up, but your nervous system can be jacked up through childhood trauma, unconscious beliefs, all these other systems that are running at the same time that are just pushing you further and further up, no matter how much breathing you're doing or how much water you're drinking. How do you get rid of that stuff? So you've had men come to you that have had counseling, been to a psychologist on the brink of divorce. They've joined JCF. They're working with you or one of your other coaches. What are some of your most amazing turnarounds you've seen just from like the simplest shit, like the, the, the water and the breathing and the other things that you prescribe? One of my favorite guys at the moment, I won't mention his name because client, but the coolest thing was he was on a really, really good role. Really good role. 23 years had eliminated antidepressants. Stopped the bears. Like that's 23 years on antidepressants. It's fucked up. He'd stopped the bears, my drugs, business, like 
got one and it, and it's starting to really start to roll. He fell off the wagon the other day. I fucked right. up. Had beers. And straight away, he was with his coach. He messaged his coach, told his coach this was an absolute cunt for holding him accountable to the things that he wanted, but was thankful at the same time. That guy hopped straight back on the wagon the next day and just started going again. The funny thing is people think it's just perfect all the time, but that is the greatest change. Somebody who was doing amazingly well, fucked up, fell off, hopped straight back on the horse. And I was like, that there is the biggest win you'll ever have because it's, it's huge. Yeah. That's, that's, like, that's the kind of stuff. How loyal are you if, you're, if your loyalty is never tested? Exactly. Exactly. Somebody puts a beer in front of you. Can you take it? You know, can you go sit at your mates and have a barbecue without drinking? All the all these things. Can you stay off your antidepressants when you know business becomes challenging or your wife is pressuring you or the kids are annoying? All these elements are there. My biggest experience with James, like for me personally, was gluten and dairy. And he was crapping on about it for months and months and months. I'm like, what is this guy? Like, why does he hate bread so much? <laughs> And it was amazing. I gave up gluten and dairy for like probably by, by the fourth day. I just felt felt light. I felt energetic. And it's yeah. just like how how amazing is water, breathing, no gluten, no dairy, and a good night's sleep. It's phenomenal. I I, I used to really struggle with some testimonials because guys, they come, they pay, they pay to be coached. They have phenomenal results. You know, some guys are doubling their income. They've got their kids back in the house. All these things are happening. And they're like, man, you're not going to believe it. Gave up gluten. Best thing I've ever done. I was like, out of, out of all those things, yeah, man, amazing gluten. Just got rid of it. I was like, classic. Yeah, that, that zonulin gets into your bloodstream and increases <laughs> systemic inflammation. It's just hilarious. Yeah. No, but you're, you're just dead true. Absolutely. Yeah. Down. So someone's going down like that. So I'm going to word this. Someone's going down the pathway. They know they're doing the wrong thing. Every day I'm getting up at X time. I'm going to the gym. I'm doing my breathing. I'm doing the water. And they just lie to themselves day after day after day after day. A coach is holding the mirror up day after day after day. What, what do you do then? Like, does it come back to... Their, their why, their values, or is it just some people just fucking like, they're just not, re- they just don't care or they're not ready to change? Have you, have you encountered that where? So, first things first, we go deep into the spiritual stuff then. Like, is it inner child work? Is it NLP? Is it purpose? Are they missing their why? And some people, and I hate this, I, I don't like this, but I do think there's a truth to it. Some people just don't want to change or it's not their time. Like this is the path that they need. They need more pain to get there. People think. They, they, they literally need to hit rock bottom. Yeah. 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 People think they want something. They, they want more money or they want this or that. I'm like, cool. What do you actually feel most comfortable with? Oh, it's, it's uncomfortable being broke. I'm like, are you sure? Because every single thing you do takes you back to zero. So unconsciously, we've got to uncover something here because unconsciously, you're comfortable there. You're comfortable with drama in your relationship. You're comfortable with being broke. You're comfortable with all these aspects. And people don't understand when you say to them, in some way, in some form, this is serving you. And they 
takes them a while and they're like, what do you mean? I don't want any of this. I'm like, part of you does. And part of you doesn't want to give this up yet. And when you, when you have that person in front of you and you care about them, you generally care about their well-being and you don't want them to hit rock bottom, but that part of them wants those drugs, wants that outcome they're having at the moment, not ready to change. What, do you, what like, do you, do you throw your hands up in the air? Do you, do you touch base in a month's time? Do you like, th- th- man, that must be, th- that must be tough to deal with when you've got someone that you care about in front of you. Yeah. So first things we get into an event in person events change lives because there's 50 other dudes in the room. Absolutely going for it. And that's really important. Next thing, if we can't do that or something that's like six months away till the next event, we just start making a group around them. So we have a pretty massive network now. I think there's about five and a half thousand guys who have been through our program. So we have a huge network of people and we're actually just starting um, a system with a company called BuildUp. BuildUp do it for construction workers and trade guys and they're actually splitting their website in two so we can use it to create chapters or we call them nodes in different areas of Australia. So it's like, cool, we're your base. There's six other JCF guys where you are. Right, I'm connecting you with those guys. And we have a leader in that area. You might be our guy who sets up once a month. You guys are at a cafe having a brunch or going to the park and doing a workout, whatever it is. Because as I said earlier, never underestimate the environment that you're in. Like if you've got other men around you. Yeah, hang around five smokers, you're with the six. Yeah, it's so powerful too because if you hang around five successful people and you look at them and you have a scoreboard and you're coming last, like that's painful. Yeah, it is. And then can you face the truth or do you just leave the group because it's painful? And that's where I think a strong man stays in the group and goes, hey, guys, I suck at this. How can, how can you help me? Like, can you, can you help me out on this part? Can you challenge me here? Can you support me there? That's the yeah. difference. A weak man runs away. One thing I really underestimated about myself, very, very lucky to have a business partner. His name's Mitch. We've been best friends since high school, 2006. We started that business together in 2015, and today we are still together. And the idea of letting him down more than scares me more than letting myself down. And like, if I am a piece of shit, at least I have to rise. I have to rise to his standard. Every day, eh? Every day. And just the idea of like, if he thought I was slacking off on the job or, or lying to him or, or not keeping up my part of the bargain, like I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't live with myself. And then I think if you, if you, if you're in that, if you're in that, if you're in that, I guess, if you can't live with yourself for how you're acting, but then you still act in the right way for the next six months, eventually you just act the right way. Yep. It's a habit. It's so simple. Yeah. Everything's a habit in the end. Really comes down to it. You know, this is how I act. People talk about goals. We talk about standards. So just have standards. You won't need to worry about goals if you don't know what you want. That's cool. Can you, can you clarify goals and standards? So a goal is something that I'm working towards, right? It's like in six months and three weeks or whatever it is, this is what I want to achieve and it's going to look like this. Standards is how I live every single day. Like I treat people like this. I get up and do this. I I am a man who does X, Y, Z. Those are all your standards. I treat my wife like this. I treat my kids like this. I, I work like this. Those are all standards and they're, they're hard, don't get me wrong, but they're much easier to do than goals because they're every day and every moment, which is super important. It's the classic, like I, I'm, I'm giving up smoking versus I'm not a smoker. That's spot on. That's absolutely it. 
And and you feel as though that people can miss their goals, can change their goals, can adjust their goals, but yeah. people will not go against their identity if if it's really their their, their core values. Yeah, exactly. And that's it, I've me personally, I find that so much easier to work with in terms of clarity. Not easy to work with as an easy to do, but it's just there all the time. It's right in front of your face. Yeah, cool. I, I guess like. For me personally, being a business owner, I have days where I am unbelievably productive, where I can sit down for nine hours and punch yeah. workout. And then I have days when I'm kicking and screaming. And for me, like I'm getting a free coaching session here, it always comes down to like, how am I physically feeling? Like, do I have pain? Did I sleep well? Am I hydrated? Did I eat shit for lunch? And I think like, the physical body is just so important. Like how can you possibly be your best self if you're in pain? How can you possibly be your best self if you're inflamed? How can you possibly be your best self if you're smashing 15 coffees? Yeah, you can't. However, this is the most important thing I think. It's a real business mind mentality and for guys who are really driven, how do I beat my PB? I'm like, how many Olympic athletes do you know that do a PB one day and then go next day and try to do it again? I'm like, there's, there's no one who does that. So what do I do with our guys is there's two ways to look at it, risk mitigation or how do I suck less? So I'm like, if your worst day is 15 coffees, right? How do we make your worst day 12 or 14? Man, I, love that. I love that. Like, how do you suck less? How do you suck less? Like, no matter how shitty you feel, do the one big thing yeah. and then go back to feeling shitty and then wake up the next day and hopefully you feel a little bit better. Yeah. And when you're having a great day, push for it. Push for your PB. Anybody who talks to anyone in any industry, Warren Buffett, how do you lose less? Not how do you make more, how do you lose less? Really important. You took, go to a runner. He's feeling really good on this day. He's like, man, I'm feeling great. I'm going to push for it today. Cool. Push for it. You're not going to push for it before a race, but you're going to push for it when you can in training, knowing that next day you're going to have probably a little less in the tank. And that's okay because I feel great today. If I can punch out 10 hours of work today and really nail some things, awesome. And tomorrow I'm exhausted. Cool. How do I suck less today? Oh, my worst day, I only did one hour of work. Okay. I'm, just, I'm going to do an hour and a half today. Mm, just consistency. It's, it's consistency, water, breathing. <laughs> it's, just, it's actually too simple. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's why, that's why unfortunately, it never works. <laughs> One thing that I often see, like I, I am very, very empathetic towards people. And when I see people make what I would consider to be a poor choice, I wish they had the person in their life that would ask them, like, Come, mate, what are you doing? Like, and I think that's like Mitch, like I can't carry on like an idiot. I can't do dumb shit. Like I, I, he will literally say like, what are you, like, why did you do that? Like, what are you doing? Like, and I just don't think enough people have that person in their life to ask them that question. Like, you know what, mate, your, your girlfriend's a bit of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing with her? Like, just like, it's just unbelievable. And that's where like, I, I do believe in strong men. I do believe in the idea of coaching, having accountability and having those five people in your life just to call you on your bullshit. Makes, so it makes a world of change. 
Mate, how can people reach out to yourself? How can people reach out to JCF? And actually, I want to discuss before you go the the big rebrand. So, what is the what are you changing the name to, and what does the next stage of JCF look like? Cool. So we're we're heading towards the Uncommon Man Project. That's the that's the new brand. Strong men, strong communities. That's what we really want to go for. We're very deep in fathers and business owners or at least career-driven people who are in that space because i'll be honest it's it's awesome working with a ship that's going all right and it wants to go faster harder achieve what it wants instead of 10 years you bring that down to five those sorts of things in terms of what's changing we are optimizing delivery but that's a continual thing we always optimize delivery we're actually pushing harder for development of community and status and change so that's for our events. We're doing a Bali event, which is pretty exciting next year. We have two events at the start of the year, one in March and one in June. We're nailing the Bali one in June, which is going to be great. But everything we do works, so we don't change it. We just make it better. Always optimizing. That is it. I think people get a little bit overwhelmed with logos and websites and branding and change. I'm like, hey, don't fix what's, what's not broke. James created an awesome program here. We have phenomenal coaches. Like, let's keep doing what we're doing, but just make it better. And I think the community is one of the biggest things we have. We have, oh, dude, mind-blowing clients, and they are becoming connected more and more, and we're using that because it's more fun. 100%, 100%. So reach out to Josh Hamilton. Mate, I want to end this podcast on a positive. What is your greatest success story? Personally or as in a client? Let's go both. God. What are you most proud of from meeting James at the Banana Cafe to where you are today? <clears throat> I think one of the things in, in terms of the business I was most proud of the day when I was like, James, it's time for me to take over as the CEO. Let's go. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, James is a big leader. And that's probably I'd put my balls on the table. And I just went, yeah, let's fucking do this. And it was awesome to have his support and we went that way. From client points of view, at the moment, it's my man who's hopping back on the horse. I just think that's huge. But there are we've got thousands of those stories. Thousands. And it's just like I couldn't decipher between the things, but those are the things that I'm most proud of and probably the things that bring me the most joy as well. I love those things. Yeah. And you mentioned systems, your favorite thing, start of the podcast. When someone falls off, what are those systems? So we're actually, this is where we're starting to bring in some AI and things like that. It's how do you optimize those systems with the minimal amount of work. So as soon as a guy falls off, we have, we have so many things to catch him. One, community. If, you, if you're talking like client, community, we have a whole tracking process. We use an app. How, when is this guy checked in? When is he last active? The coach the community, and then we use, like, some guys ghost. This is the lying to yourselves. We have a system for ghosting as well, for helping guys come back on. That's why I'm a big believer in, call it the dream team or your cheer squad, at the start of a journey. It's like, Jamie, who's in your cheer squad, bro? Is it your wife? Is it your kids? Is it your this guy? Is it that guy? Right, put me in a conversation with him. Hit me with it. So when you ghost, when times get shit, because you ghosting is just, Feeling Man, it would be hard to ghost five people. <laughs> exactly, bro. Exactly. So it's impossible. You just can't. Everybody feels shame. 
when we when we when we don't reach something that we said we're going to you need people in your life who are right there who can i can put their hand on your neck if they have to say dude why haven't you been showing up for josh yeah man i finish this podcast with the same question what's one question i should have asked you that i didn't ask you Good question, Jamie. What's a question you should have asked me? Maybe where was my biggest mindset challenge? And the answer is? Fear. Fear of moving forward in the unknown. It's scary. When you're a business owner, it's fucking scary. You have no fucking idea that that ad's going to work. You have no idea that you're going to drop 10K, 20K, 30K into that and it's going to pay off. You have no idea. So when you feel that fear, in your opinion, it could be wrong, could be right, what do you do? So I have James, (laughs) Nick, Harry. i got all these guys. James will go to because he'll pick the shit out of my idea and challenge me. It's hard. I hate those calls, but I love them at the same time. Terrible. I have... Nick and Harry, who will be like, right, bro, where do, you, where do you suck? Okay, why are you doing this task if you suck at it? So that's a, that's a great point. Who do you know who kicks ass at this, who should be doing this? It's like, cool. And they'll be like, okay, cool. Or they'll see that light in you that you don't see. And sometimes you just need a pep talk. Hey, bro, you got this. It's sweet. Go ahead. What's the worst that can happen? What's at risk? And that's where I go. And that, again, community. You got, I got men in my corner. Just keeps going back, just having people in your corner. Man, I I really want to thank you for coming today. I've learned a lot about your business, JCF, but more important, your high-performance coaching for men. And it's something that I'm really, really passionate about because I had an amazing experience with JCF. I lost like 15 kilos. um, But for me, more importantly, it was my chronic pain. Um, And it, it honestly, like it just, I think for men that live in, like, oh man, like I'll finish on this because I think it's important. If you haven't dealt with chronic pain, you don't know what it's like. And I had little weird things, man. I had plantar fascia in my heel. And it was like walking on glass, like literally walking on fucking glass. And it got to the point where I was really embarrassed because I, could, I couldn't go for a walk on the beach with my partner, Ellen. And I had to tell Ellen, like, hey, my heel is sore. And, <laughs> that is, and it's at, embarrassing, yeah. yeah. And at that point, I did not feel like a strong man. Um and I was just feeding my body garbage. And I was I was in that vicious cycle myself, man, where I was in pain. Food made me feel better. I'd wake up the next day. I'd do my calf stretches. I'd be in pain again. And I was in that cycle, man. And it took a, another strong man, accountability community to say, Jamie, like, so I was successful in every other aspect of life. But that one thing, man, like, it was like a gray cloud over my head. Pain. So, Awful. Man, so I recommend JCF, Josh, and the team. Couldn't recommend more. Appreciate it, brother. Really do. Thanks Thanks for today. Appreciate it.